When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic podcast. It's uh, the Williams and Bloom podcast on a Sunday night. I am not Chris Williams. Uh, I'm sure everyone will be shocked to know that Chris Williams is once again sick. Uh, or one of his children is sick. It is. It, it never ends. Brent Bloom. How's it going, man? Hey. Hey, we're hanging in there, Jared. Don't have kids. Just don't. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not that you're not that you were really thinking about it. Wasn't probably on the high on your priority list. But if you want to have normalcy in your life, don't have kids. Yeah, I would say that that's definitely fair. We do want to thank our friends at Mechdon. Uh, if you're looking for a, a job, or if you're in the engineering space or any of those kinds of things, check out mechdon.com. Uh, of course, the presenting sponsors of the Williams and Bloom podcast every week. The great folks out in Marshalltown. We appreciate them. Yeah, they, lo- they, they, they are big on the work-life balance. They can appreciate when the kid situation at Mechdon. Yeah. Great, great employer there. Yes, absolutely. Uh, love our folks out at, uh, out at Mechdyne, but man, yeah, Chris Williams just, he, they, I, I don't know. Chris Williams might even push Mechdyne's, uh, <laughs> might even push their limits. The if policies, being completely honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What, what's your, what's your PTO policy, Mechdyne? <laughs> I don't think Williams would qualify. Oh, yeah, but, somebody, but, so somebody asked, it, it made me laugh, but it, it really shouldn't. I was like, do we need to get like a, a mold inspection in the Williams house just to Dude, make sure no with the illness situation. But I assure you, they, I think it's, it's just, I'm, and my have dealt, I'm on a similar run with my guys. That's man. It's like, if not one of them, it's the other one. And we're just trying to live day by day here. Everybody. Dude, kids at daycare are just like germ magnets. Oh, or- and, and I would love uh, somebody a lot smarter than me. It just seems like because of COVID and the six month break everybody had, it's like all of the viruses that the kids normally get just all came storming back at once, starting in July all the way until now. And so it's like, it just sped everything up and they're just getting one thing after another. And it's uh man, maybe, and maybe we're just over cautious now because of COVID and so you're extra careful of sending it. Like it used to be, Hey, kids got a hundred degree fever, pop them some Tylenol and send them over there. And now you got to be a little more cautious about that. So I know parents can appreciate it. What, what Williams is going through, but I hope he's feeling all right. Absolutely. All right, buddy. It was, uh, this is the end of what has been a, one of the craziest finals weeks. I think I can remember in a while where yeah. there's absolutely no games to cover until Sunday, but dude, there was just one thing after another between national signing day, uh, in the lead up to that Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, and then, you know, just numerous other things on the, on the football front, crazy busy all, all week long. Um, 
but the basketball team is 11 and 0. And I think that that's the, the big thing to start with right now. They're into the top 10 in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm now at number nine after today's win 77 54 over Southeastern Louisiana. This team, dude, like, I, I don't know. It feels like every game it's, you know, even though they continue to win and they're kind of kicking the crap out of these teams, it seems like every game they learn something more about themselves that you can just see where they're starting to figure pieces out of how they navigate different situations. It, it's pretty cool. I mean, this is unbelievable. It, I just work. We both love basketball. I, I, with this group, I had no, I, this was not even, not even imaginable that it could be this play. But if you look at all the games individually, it makes sense. I mean, yeah, you, you, if we would talk in October, say I have States going to be 11. Oh, it's like, come on now. Like seriously, no, no chance. But before each game, it's like, yeah, okay. I can see it. And they guard, they rebound, and they've been taking care of the ball lately too. Now they had a little spurt early in the game where they weren't taking care of it, but then after the final 35 minutes, really good, taking care of the ball, and then finally the ball started going the hoop. And if they could get Grill and Koontz to be as, as well as they've shot it, and, and Gabe, man, if Gabe starts to hit closer to even 35%, Jared, mm-hmm. this team is going to be competing in the Big 12. Now, we say that, with the all, all knowing that the Big 12 is going to be loaded. And I, I honestly, where would, I mean, let's, let's start there. Where would you pick Iowa State in the Big 12 right now? Okay, we're obviously not 10th. Obviously, it's no longer 10th no. in the Big 12. But I still, I don't think I'd pick them in the top half entering the year. I, and so, I mean, I don't, I don't mean that to insult this team, but I'm just saying the track record, the track record of Baylor, of Kansas, of Texas Tech of Texas, and I don't even probably know higher I, than Iowa State, right? I don't even I mean, know if I would put Texas in that same category as yeah, those other three, just because they've got – they don't have the continuity. Obviously, you got a new coach. Yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. I think they're going to be really good, but it's like if we're going, doing it off of a confidence meter, I would probably take Baylor, Kansas, and Texas Tech ahead yeah. of them. So, they say that, though, but, but entering any game, I think Iowa State could beat anybody. Yeah. But the way it plays – and as streaky as Iowa State is offensively, the way they guard and they rebound, they're going to be in every game, make some shots. Like you would tell me now, all right, Bloom, Iowa State's going to go 12 and six in the Big 12. And I'd go, that's a little bit steep. But then again, I guess it wouldn't shock me at the standpoint. Or you could tell me, hey, Bloom, Iowa State's going to go six and 12. And I wouldn't be shocked by that either. Like everything is on the table now for this team. And that is totally different than it was six weeks ago i think if you took the five big 12 teams that are ranked right now so that'd be baylor kansas uh texas iowa state and texas tech and you said okay rank these teams on confidence that they're going to finish in the top five i think you can even throw oklahoma in there who's receiving votes yes yes i would probably put iowa state at the bottom of that list and that's not because i don't think that they could do it it's just that i want to see them be able to maintain this play not when you have to play once a night you know, or once a week or you get to play one game a week that's like a really quality game and then the other one is just kind of whatever. When you got to play two really quality opponents, like they open up Big 12 play where they've got to play Baylor and Texas Tech back-to-back. If they yeah. come out and play really well in those two games, all of a sudden you can sit there and you're like, all right, these dudes might be the real deal if they're really pushing these kinds of teams right here at the very beginning, but then can you maintain that now for 16 more? Yeah, it's okay. it's it, we'll we'll know early. I think in the Big Twelve, like if Iowa State's talent situation 
is there enough that the defense and rebounding can get them wins. I think you'll know that early. Like, I think you'll figure that out right away. If Baylor wins the game by 25 points on January 1st, which I don't think will happen, but I'm just hypothetically, then you might go, man, maybe obviously it's got a longer ways to go here. But the, the good thing is, I would say here on December 19th, the odds of Iowa State making the NCAA tournaments are greater than 60%. So let me ask you this. What do you think Iowa State, okay, say if they do play Tuesday night, which we're going to get to uh-huh. that here in, in a couple minutes, yeah. and they are 12-0 and 0 coming out of the non-conference, what do yep. they have to go in the Big 12 for you to feel comfortable that they'll make the NCAA tournament? Uh, com- comfortable 8-10. and 10. They're in, no question. On Especially the bubble, if the eight wins came against some quality, like yep. some of the eight wins were against quality teams. Because here's the thing, which is outstanding for Iowa State. You've got Xavier and Iowa, which will each be tier one wins at the end of the year. I'm pretty confident saying that. I think Iowa is good enough. Now they're not going to, Iowa's not going to win the big 10, but it will stay in the top 50 in my opinion. Um, so that win will look good. I think Xavier's in the same boat. That win's going to get better and better and better. You saw what Memphis did. I think Memphis is teetering but their league isn't very good. And so if they can stay in the same ballpark, that's a tier one win. Like you've got three, right? And when you start talking about bubble teams with 68 teams in the field, three tier one wins will be probably more than anybody else. Okay. I mean, you're, you're already there. And you, if you get seven wins in the big 12, you're beating somebody eight for sure. You're in, I think seven, you're in too. I think seven and 11 in the big 12 gets you into the NCAA tournament, or at least, at least in that uh, playing situation. And six and 12, <laughs> as crazy as it is, but depending on who those six wins are against, six and 12 could also get you in that, you know, playing final four type type game, too. So, well, and especially, protect especially if they go six and 12, have a couple upset wins, and then you could win if you won yeah, one or two in win Kansas a game. City. Yeah. No doubt. No yeah. doubt. I mean, you, you have so much margin for error now. And those, there's not going to be a bad loss in those, those 12. Like, there will be zero bad losses on Iowa State's schedule now. That's done. Because, unless you lose to Missouri. Like, that's the one game remaining. Um, that's the end of January. Uh, that would be a bad tier three loss or whatever. They, how, quad. I think it's uh-huh. quads, tiers. Anyway. Yeah, quads. That would, be a, that would be a bad loss. But now, Iowa State has gotten rid of all of the potential bad losses. It's just, you can't dock them on that. You can only count on the good wins. Now, if you get into that committee situation, they go, well, we really can't put a team that went six and 12 in the conference in the tournament. Okay. Maybe there's a hard and fast rule there, but if they just look at the metrics, Iowa state's uh, net ranking right now is 14. Iowa state's Ken Palm ranking right now is 45. I think the RPI was at 39. Those are not going to fall because the strength of schedule is only going to, it's going to go insane here. Like the, the strength of schedule will just rocket ship to the top because the big 12 is by far and away the best conference. Your metrics aren't changing now. You could go five and five and 13. Your metrics are going to stay where they are. It's just the nature of the way the numbers work. And therefore, you know, the only thing that's going to be docked inside would say, should it go six and 12, seven, 11 is all your X amount of games under 500 conference play. But outside of that, they're in. I mean, this is the great thing. You protect Hilton Coliseum. You go, uh, you know, let's say you go six and three at Hilton and you win one road game. You're in. You're probably in the NCAA tournament. That's like all it will take. And so your margin for error is just so much better now that you cleaned house in the non-conference. And it's, um, you know, it's, that's why I say I think it's greater than sixty percent. And you win a couple of games that you're not supposed to. That increases to eighty percent plus. Like this is, um, 
you know, Iowa State could be in just a phenomenal position at the end of January, which is insane to say. Yeah, and, and I'm looking at Ken Palm right now. Of their last 19 games, 16 of them would either be Tier A or Tier B. There you go. And they don't. So after Tuesday, they'll play one, two, three, four, five, six consecutive tier A games. That's what I'm saying, man. Like, that's the point. If you get through six of those tier A games where you got to go, you play the defending national champion Baylor Bears at home. You get Texas Tech at home, go on the road to Oklahoma, on the road to Kansas, Texas at home, and then on the road to Texas Tech. If you could somehow be three and three coming out of that, I mean, I think at that point, it's like, Anything that happens from here, I don't know that I'm going to be mad regardless because they're clearly right in there in the mix. And my only concern, man, is that I think this is going to be the concern for anybody. Like I said, when you've got to play Baylor on January 1st on a a Saturday and then you turn around four days later and you've got to play Texas Tech and then four (laughs) days later again or, you know, three days later, you've got to go on the road to Oklahoma. Like that's that's a tough stretch right there. That's when you find out can you – can you really play 40 minutes a night the way that yep. they do for every game that you can during a big 12 slate? Because that gets grueling, dude. And there's going to be it, those short weeks with three games. That's just going to be tough. It does. And that's why Hilton call seems going to be so important because the crowd will impact the game. I really feel that with that place is jammed, sold out. And you get some of those games where you need to dig down deep. It's, it's tough on the road, but I think this team could do it at home. And that's why I think Hilton call team will be vital this year in conference play. And again, go six and three at, at Hilton and then you're going to be in the NCAA tournament. So man, it's, it's not that anyone needs a reason to go out and cheer for this team, but I think the crowd, the magic will be that extra layer for this club at home. It could get them over the top. And I would, I mean, there's to even have this conversation is just crazy talk, but I, I mean, I think it's legit now. I think this team, it could be ranked in the top 10 tomorrow, Jared. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be ninth to, because of the teams that lost above Iowa State. And I don't think Iowa State's a top 10 team, but the, the, the record or the resume so far should be that. And that's all that matters. Absolutely. And there's obviously a lot of guys on this team who I think have exceeded everybody's expectations for what they could be. But, dude, the way that Al Jazz Koontz and yes. Caleb Grill have played this season – I mean, I don't think they, if you had told me what is the absolute best case scenario you ever could have thought of for either of those players, I don't even know if it would have been crazy enough to think of a scenario in the way, like, in a, so crazy of, of how they have yeah. played. I mean, Aljaz is shooting 56% from three on 14 <laughs> of 25. He's fourth in the nation in offensive efficiency rating. And then Caleb Grill shooting 46% from three, and he's 50th in the nation in offensive rating. Like the way that those two bring energy to Iowa State's offense and the way the ball does not stick, it's every shot they get is a good shot. It seems like when those two are out there because they don't hunt shots, but when they get open ones, they're going to take them and they're going to make them. And it's if you notice, they're getting in there earlier and earlier, playing more and more minutes, those two. So I think they came in at the what the 16 minute mark. I mean, it was right away. It's like, all right, we've seen enough. Get Jazz, get Caleb in there. And the neat thing is, like, you got Grill who doesn't really hunt his shot at all. Neither does Jazz. This is why they're so efficient. Now, the argument could be made, those guys should probably get up more shots. Mm-hmm. The analytics say, you guys need to be shooting more. But they're just, they don't. They don't hunt their shots. So you got Grill, who did not score in the Iowa game or the Jackson State game. 
but he comes in today, puts up 20, makes six threes. And it's impressive. Like that's a hard thing to do. He looked great out there today. So then the next question is coach Stansbury. Do you think about starting one of the two? I mean, you've seen now Anaruna's minutes really drop off since uh, the games in New York city. And you've also seen Kalsher struggle a little bit. I don't, I mean, you, you don't, you don't fix what's not broken here. Mm-hmm. I think those those two guys coming off the bench and Trey Jackson as well provide a lot that you get a nice little second unit that you can count on. I don't even think you touch I mean, you touch the starters at this point. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And I, I think too, like Gabe and, and Tristan have not done anything to warrant like losing their starting position. No. It's that those two guys are just playing so well, you know, and it's it's very similar to when Monte came on the scene where by the end of that year, Fred talked about, I can't afford to not have the kid on the floor. You know, that's the kind of guys that they are. It's like when they're not out there, you can see yep. things get a little bit more hectic. And then right away, once that starts to kind of pick up or, you know, the other team goes on a little bit of a run, one of them's heading down there to, to kind of go steady the steady the ship, you know? And I just, I think it is good to keep bringing them off the bench because Early on in these games, the number of times that they've seen things that teams have not really done previously, whether it's playing zones against them, like multiple different zones, and teams are going to continue to do that. I think it's good for them to be able to have those guys over there on the bench where you can discuss what you're seeing and then say, okay, this is how we're going to go and attack it and know that they're going to go right in and have a good, strong understanding of what they need to do. And that's what gives you that instant lift of your, from your bench guys. Yeah, that's good. And then the, the nice, nice thing about Jazz is you play some of the smaller teams and Con, it's going to get in foul trouble. It's just who he is at this yeah. point. Uh, Jones is not reliable from a foul situation either. But if you're playing some smaller teams, he will play a lot of five. I think you'll see that more. And you saw it today where Jazz played the five for you know, a good five, six-minute stretch. You had an Aruna sum at the four. You could go super small. Grill played some four even with the mini lineup. Rockington played some four. So that could be another lineup I wish they could use. And Jazz is tall enough and smart. He's not a physical kid, but he's smart enough defensively that he knows where to be, that, that he can play some five and be effective down there. So that's another, another option for TJ. And they've got nine-man rotation. That's plenty. Now, one of them gets hurt. You're in a deep, deep trouble. Uh, knock on wood that that doesn't happen. But I think this, this group can do it. You worry about them wearing down a little bit in conference play. But I love having Jazz and, and Grill off the bench. I think it's a nice combo. And, and keep writing what's working there. Of course, we can't talk about Caleb Grill without mentioning his brand new shirt in the Cyclone Fanatics store. Uh, well, I guess it's not brand new. It's a couple weeks old now, but you can still find those right now in the Cyclone Fanatics store. I know that Mike sent a whole bundle of them out to the state of Kansas. I'm sure we'll see awesome. a whole bunch of those, whole bunch of those when uh, uh, the Cyclones go to play in Manhattan or, or in uh, in Lawrence. Uh, you can find those at the Cyclone Fanatics shop. Uh, of course, want to give a shout out to our friends at Gravitate Coworking. Check out their locations in downtown Des Moines, Midtown, uh, Cedar Falls, and Jefferson if you're looking for a place to post up. I mean, I feel like if Chris and I worked in Gravitate, we'd never get anything done because Chris would be talking to everybody the entire time. That's why I mean yeah, Chris don't work in an office together is because we can't get work done together. It, it's probably good that Chris actually does work at home or else he would He'd be asking everybody about aliens or, you know, supernatural beings or, or who knows what country he would, music. He would be guaranteed. He would go into like if he went into the Gravitate downtown, he would be guaranteed to leave with at least six new friends. And he would remember all of their names and could tell you where they're from and some other random fact about them. And it would be because and he would been, have been in there for an hour. 
Yeah, yeah but there would be no, but no work would be done. Yeah, uh, but no new office, <laughs> new office in the East Village for Gravitate. You know, that's it's a big that's a big deal, Jared. For those, uh, the legislative session started in January. All those lobbyists and other extracurriculars that are that go down by the Capitol. Man, that Get sounds like space. that sounds like the perfect, the exact place that, like, you know, like in the show House of Cards, a journalist yeah. would go and sit at yes. Gravitate co working and out. wait to just get scoops. That's right from all the just, legislators. Just, just listen in, listen yeah. in on the lobbyists. That's where the that's where the meat gets made right there. The lobbyists know what's going on. It's like what uh, there's that restaurant that's like across the street from the Capitol. I can't remember what it's in in Washington D.C. That's basically what co- uh, Gravitate is to Des Moines. Might as well be, and, you, yeah. and Jeff Woods, the orchestrate. Yeah. He's an Iowa State guy, so get your space. Absolutely. Um, all right. Do you want to shift gears to football, or do you want to talk anything else about the basketball team really quick? So I think the next question would be, what's going on with the Tuesday game? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so interesting situation here stands. Chicago State canceled its game with Drake on today, which is Sunday. We're recording Sunday evening. Now, what I heard was they only had one individual test positive for COVID. Okay. But because of the nature of the situation right now, they decided to park it. And then they're going to test everybody on Monday and determine if they're, they can play, if it's spread and what the situation is. If those all come back negative and they have enough guys to go, the game will be held as scheduled Tuesday at 6. Should there be an outbreak within the Chicago State program, Iowa State is potentially prepared to find another opponent on short notice. So it may be Chicago State. It may not be Chicago State. There may not be a game at all. Like there's, those are the three options on the table. I do want to, and I'm not. This is not meant to be political at all. But I want to inform our great listeners what the situation is with COVID because you're starting to see it pop up, right? Whether 20 or so games this weekend that were postponed or canceled or forfeited. So the NCAA came up with new guidelines in the fall for fall sports and winter sports. I don't know if they're going to look at these, but these are what they are right now. So two situations here. If you are not fully vaccinated stands in during season play, you're required to do a PCR test within three days of your competition game or an antigen test within one day of the competition game. If you are fully vaccinated and documented as so, you do not have to have a test unless you're symptomatic. So that is a change from last year where Iowa State and other teams were testing three to five times a week. This year, if you are fully vaccinated, there are no tests that you have to take unless you're symptomatic. Now, should there be a positive, then everybody has to test. Yeah. Like they want to make sure it hasn't spread. I say that, and I'm not trying, I'm not, I'm not talking individually at all with anything at Iowa State. But from my understanding, as it relates to COVID, Iowa State is a, in a very good place, if not a near 100%, maybe even at 100% vaccination status within the Iowa State men's and women's basketball programs, which means that unless there's symptomatic infections, Iowa State will likely not be impacted by this. But it's go, it's, there's clearly, look at the numbers, there is an increase in COVID cases, both within vaccinated and unvaccinated individuals. You're seeing it now pop up across the country. I think what you'll see, you saw it now with the NFL. I think the NBA will be shortly behind and the NHL. We'll see if the NCAA follows suit. Do you become either more lax potentially with your requirements, which the NCAA NCAA policy is actually very lax, Mm -hmm. 
because you're, or else you're going to have these postponements pop up left and right, because this thing's not going away in the next six weeks, right? Six, eight weeks. It's going to be everywhere. Look at the NBA. I mean, they just went nuts this week with COVID. So this is going to happen more and more. It will impact Iowa state on Tuesday potentially. Uh, But I guess the, the optimistic thing is Iowa state from its standpoint is in a good place from the, from the vaccination status, but it still could, could crop up. So that's, Right. That's a 10,000 foot overview of, of the situation right now. All right. So I have two questions. The first one, do you, I mean, I think they have to revisit the way that they're going about this, but it has to be because, you know, you said it, we don't want to be political about these things, but I think there has to be a conversation had if someone is vaccinated and asymptomatic at what point, that's the laxness of it. You know, at what point do you say, okay, we're not going to count that as something that can go towards canceling a game. And I don't know. I don't know what the answer is to that. So that's the, the NFL's gone that route. So they've adjusted their policy just to do that. I think the NBA won't, is not at the level again, policymakers in that league, they probably won't push it that far, but that's where the NCAA is right now. And I don't think people realize that like Iowa state, if you're vaccinated, you have not had to have a test unless you're symptomatic. The way I'm reading this, um, now, there are other things. If there's community spread within your city, within your town, the, guide, the local guidelines can mandate that you do test or the NCAA policies mandate that you, you can test like once a week. But I don't think Iowa State, I have to ask somebody up there, but it's not like last year where you were doing three or five times a week. Uh, getting the COVID tests. And so as long as there's not a problem within the program and these guys are all vaccinated potentially. um, Yeah. It's, it's, it's already where the NFL has moved its goalposts to right now, which is interesting. And that was the same case Jared. That's why for the football season, it was the same thing. Like you weren't having these canceled games left and right. Like you did in 2020 because the policy was updated. But the policy was updated, honestly, because we thought the vaccine status would prevent you from from getting and spreading COVID. That is clearly, if you look at the data, that is not the yeah. case anymore. Yeah, but it'll keep you but from you, dying, but it yeah doesn't keep you from getting and spreading it. Yeah, correct. So that I just wonder if this will get updated at all, or do we get to the point where we say, you know what, we've done all we can. If you feel okay and you can play through this then it's an individual risk assessment to go and do it. Now, if you have, if you have prior situation where you have some health concerns and you just don't want to participate, then fine, like an individual decision here. But I think the NCAA, unless it changes course, is in that same place the NFL just moved to this week. So, again, I'm just trying to inform everybody of, of why you have – you'll see some, and, it, and sometimes it comes down to the individual school to decide what to do, but – this isn't coming down from up high from the NCAA, some of these, uh, some of these rules. Part of me wonders, well, I mean, this makes it glaringly clear, too. Apparently, there's a lot more kids in college basketball that aren't vaccinated than there were in football, yeah. I would think. You know, I mean, it, if they're even being tested enough to have this like, well, crop up the way that it, it is. And that, so there you go. And so that's the next thing is like, well, then somebody's getting tested somewhere. Now, either you're symptomatic and you're getting tested, which is great. Like, yeah, yeah you should do that. Anybody should do that. Or you're still on this policy of you got to be tested a couple of times a week. And this is maybe where that's, it's a huge mess, but it's, it's going to impact, but yet these decision makers, they can't have the same situation. They're not going to postpone games. No, they're, you know, the, the rule is now most of these conferences, if you have a COVID outbreak, you have to forfeit. Yeah. 
I don't know if that'll be looked at too. Like, is that really, is that some team's fault? If you have a COVID outbreak, even though your guys are vaccinated, like that's kind of unfair too, if you start to forfeit games. So I don't know. I think you're going to have to see some adjustments. It'll really come to a head, in my opinion, the next 10 days as we get more of these cases coming, like look what's going on in New York city. That'll be kind of the start of it. Um, I don't know. I think, I think we'll, we're, we're headed towards more decisions being made on the COVID front here in the next 10 days. Yeah. And the, the bowl games will be interesting to follow yes. because I think that that, that is going to very seriously come into play with some, especially some of these smaller bowl games. I would, but think. if you can same policy, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to yeah. be tested. So maybe it won't, you know, this is just insane, dude. So that's the, is crazy. This is <laughs> the stuff. Nothing ever prepared anybody to have these conversations. Like why, you know, obviously yeah. we've been doing it for a long time, but it's just, I like, know it's, it's, it's crazy, but it, it's, man, it's, it's at the forefront right now, but I guess that's as far as the NCAA is concerned, they're in a better spot to not cancel games than the NBA is yeah. right now. All right. So my other question I was going to ask you, if they do schedule another game, yeah. Is it somebody of note you think, or is it just I, I ha- a random? I, I was, I was not told. I was not told a school or a name or anybody. Because um, it would obviously probably have to be somebody else who had a game canceled if they're going to get anything think, done quick. Right. I, you would think, I, I just know that Iowa state is at least aware of the potential situation and has, you know, I, I assume has made a couple phone calls. Now it won't be Drake because Drake has to go to Vegas yeah. uh, for a game on Wednesday. So I know some people brought that up. Um, they so also played I, today. They ended up playing. They did. Today. They played yeah. Tennessee Martin yeah. and won. So they, they, man, they turned around that fast. I don't know if they got a heads up or how they, they accomplished that game. Cause Tennessee Martin's not exactly, you know, a, a chip and a putt away from Des Moines. So, right. but they found a game. Yeah. There's other teams out there maybe. So at least I would say get some lead time. We will know tomorrow. Like, if you're worried, hey, should I drive to Ames for that game? Uh, you'll know Monday, hopefully by the afternoon, if that game's going to be played or not and or if it's a new opponent or whatnot. There's even some talk, Jared. The game could happen against another team, and it may not be at 6 o'clock. Like, they might move it up earlier in the day to accommodate another team if they need to get somewhere else. So, all options on the table. Whatever, I was told man, to, prepare, whatever. to prepare for whoever. Like I'm yeah. gonna have to get my, I gotta get my notes ready. You gotta Scott get all, are, all 353 teams. You need to be prepared yeah, for all I'm, of them. I'm just scouring Ken Palm just to see who's available. Right, man. Like I said, what a mess. But um, hey, 12, 12, I, I hope I does have a game because 12 and 0 would be pretty cool. Yeah, I, I mean they've only ever been 12 and 0 one other time. They got to yep. 14 and 0, right? In That's 20, right. 13, 14. Yeah. Yep. DeAndre Kane's year. Yep. That's crazy. Uh, before we shift gears completely, do want to shout out the Iowa State women's team. Uh, oh, man. Dominant would probably not even do justice uh, to what they did to Prairie View A&M today. Uh, it, it, was, it was the living embodiment of that Simpsons gif gif yeah. where they're poke, poking him with the stick. And, and it, it, I forget who it was. Was it Ralph? Ralph says, stop, but he's already dead. The Cyclones um, won by 69 points. Yeah. Yeah, and it could have been more. Man, 19 three-pointers to set a Hilton Coliseum record. I mean, that's just... Uh, that tied is, the uh, school record yeah, with 19. That, that's insanity. Uh, but I, the reason I say that, Ashley Jones, of course, obviously balls out for the Iowa State women. I'm going to... I haven't read all of Connor's recap today. I'm going to guess that she uh, did not play nearly as many minutes as she normally would. She, but She did not. 
you can find her shirt on the Cyclone Fanatics store. Another one of the uh, the deals that we've been able to to strike up here recently. Those shirts are are pretty sweet as well. You can check those out on the Cyclone Fanatics store uh, right now uh, for your Ashley Jones shirts. Get those ready uh, in time for Big Twelve plays to start uh, after the new year. All right, and then last thing, we're going to dive into some football here. Wednesday night, you and Chris are doing a bowl game preview show presented by Carl Chevrolet. Uh, that starts at 8 p.m. on the Cyclone Fanatic social media channels. Do we have any of the guests confirmed at this point? That is all Williams. I don't know. I thought I'd be enough, but he's like, no, we need more. Well, so. yeah, I said on uh, my podcast with Scott the other day that I guessed you guys would probably get at least Todd Blythe. I think that you can probably book him. I, 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 I'm confident we will get Todd and or Brett Meyer. Did you see the pictures that they were putting yes. on Twitter last night of each other? They were making each other look fat. <laughs> it really confused the hell out of me at first because there was the picture of Todd with Brett. I, I did say yeah. And I was like, what in the what hell happened? is going is he on? on? Some, is he on some steroids or what's going on? Yeah, because I so we we went to Vegas with Todd. I sat next to him on the plane. I'm like, man, Todd's really let himself go in the last three months. What happened to him? But it was yeah. the fat, it was the fat make yourself fat app that Brett. That's yeah. that's that's cold. Yeah, that was killing me. But, but outstanding. Uh, outstanding. I'm sure we'll hear from those guys on the Cycle yeah. Fanatic Bowl Game Preview Show Wednesday night on all of the Cycle Fanatic uh, social media channels. So make sure to tune into that. All right, football. Yeah, we'll, we'll have yeah, we'll have some we'll have some special guests. I don't know. I don't yet know who they are, but it'll be always fun. I mean, that's a big time bowl game. Always great to be able to promote something that's going to have special guests when we have no idea who the special guests are going to be. That's again we, back to our point about Williams. He will figure it out. I mean, the guy. We'll make a couple, send a couple text messages, and we, who knows? We had McCarney on last year. It was like no big deal. And I'm sure you guys will be sipping on some Cody Road while you guys do that from our friends Absolutely. At the, uh, Mississippi River Distilling Company. Uh, no Cody Road tonight. I obviously I was late sub in here. I don't know if you're sipping on any Cody Road. This was a this was a very scrabbled together operation here. <laughs> once Williams uh, turned out to be sick, but yeah. <laughs> I did I did have a, a victory Cody Road when I got home. Okay. I'm glad. I'm glad. Yes. Thanks to our friends. Now, at, now uh, I'm on the water. It's Cody road. It, hey, that's what you got to have. You got to keep that's yourself right. Stay uh, hydrated. hydrated. Stay hydrated. Um, all right, let's turn to football. Um, busy, uh, busy week for football with just all kinds of random announcements. Like I mentioned, national signing day, the Cyclones signed their best class in program history. Uh, do you want to start with Brees or should we talk about the good news first? Do you think? Let's uh, let's go with good news. Okay. Will and McDonald, then we'll talk about the bowl game. Will McDonald, who you also can buy Will McDonald's shirt on the Cyclone Fanatic store right now, the Sack King. Of course, Will McDonald's being held on his shirt. Uh, <laughs> he, he's the only guy in college football that's held on every play, so he has to be held on his shirt. Only guy in college football being held on his T-shirt. Uh, those are on the store right now. I know Mike got those up earlier this week. And, he has and, a, and there, there's a way – I mean, that directly benefits the players, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's all, they're cool T-shirts, right? That, but it's a way – I, I mean, if, if I was, it's going to operate in this world and there's ways to say thank you to guys like Will and Caleb and Ashley Jones, this is a way to thank them. And in a, in a, again, it's a new world. We're all living in it, but they do directly benefit from the sales of these t-shirts. Just well, And, you know, I, I'm not going to say that there's a direct correlation between these two things, but, you know, Will McDonald signs this obviously massive n- name, image, and likeness deal with uh, Cyclone <laughs> Fanatic uh, yeah. m- merchandise. Yeah. And then he turns down the opportunity to go pro and elects to come back for his senior season yeah. at Ames. I mean, it, 
just look like the there's some weird irony there that those two things uh, happen at the same time and in the same week when you know Jackson State's rumored to do million and a half dollar <laughs> deals with Barstool to get the number one recruit in the country. You're a journalist. You're just connecting the dots. Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean but that no. T-shirt did that T-shirt did come out. I mean right after the announcement. Literally right after the announcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. I mean it's so cool. I'm I'm happy for him. Yeah. I think. I don't want to. This is strange to say. I think he was almost overshadowed or has been the last two years by Mike Rose, who's the defensive player of the year in the Big 12 a year ago. And then you and then Eni was awesome this year. Like Eni doesn't didn't get talked about enough. Greg Eisworth got so much notoriety. Uh, and you had those older guys that, that got a lot of the pub and and Will still was so productive and has been so great. But now he'll come into next year with all of the attention on him. Um, and, and you know, he'll be probably preseason defensive player of the year. I mean, he's got to be, mm-hmm. he will get all this pub, but he, the great thing is from an Iowa state standpoint, he changes them from, you know, defense, I think would have been okay just because of the youth, you know, you'll have a good scheme. You'll be prepared, but he changes him. And then Anthony Johnson, those two change this defense from man. I don't know to I'm confident they're going to be good again. Cause if you can rush the passer and you have a shutdown corner on one side with, with Johnson, you're going to be fine. And then you need to fill in getting the reader kid from Delaware is a big get at linebacker. That really helps the depth there. But McDonald's going to, he's going to get all the pub. He'll be a first team, all American preseason. He'll be the preseason defensive player of the year. He will start to get the notoriety that he didn't this year. Cause he was overshadowed by some other great players in the conference, including on his own team. Um, and happy for him. And he will just decimate the Iowa state sack record as he should. He also will probably go into next year. I would think as one of the, higher rated defensive players in the next draft class. Yeah. And that's, and that's why, I mean, let's, let's look at this. I mean, it's an economic decision in a way. Yeah. I, he was probably not going to be a first round pick. And if you look at the grades again, the knock on will, and I don't think it's fair, but it is the knock on will was he wasn't great against the run. Uh, he will have, he will have to play a lot more snaps against the run this year, this yeah. next coming year, he'll get bigger and he could turn himself into from probably, he was probably going to be, I don't, I, mean, I don't know what the draft grade was on McDonald. Probably wasn't gonna be first round. Probably not even second. So you're talking about a second, second day or, or second day, or yeah. Third, I mean, third, fourth round guy. Yeah, think. somewhere in there, right? It was yeah. probably the projections. He goes from that to a potential first round pick. You're talking, you know, potentially tens of millions of dollars in difference. So it's an economic decision for him. Well, He's going to get the pub. Realistically, too, this was a very good class for edge rushers. It, it, I yep. mean, Aiden, Aiden Hutchinson and Kevin Thibodeau are possibly two of the top five picks in the draft. Yeah. They might even go one, two. Yeah. Uh, and so now he'll be, he'll be in that, that list. Will he be a top two, three guy of the red edge rushers? And because you had that COVID year, you had a lot of guys not go and they had great years. And so he's only going to help himself at Iowa state next year. Absolutely. Another guy who is only going to help himself at Iowa state next year is one or is Xavier Hutchinson who put out one of the greatest statements of all time uh, in announcing that he will come back for another year at Iowa state, which would be his third. And this is technically his COVID year uh, yes. to take advantage of this. But dude, I think that this elevates that offense exponentially just to know that you're going to have a go-to pass catcher coming back for Hunter Deckers and you know, Jeff and I have talked about this a lot on football and random things. I think that the way that the kind of quarterback Hunter Deckers is will unlock another area of X's playmaking ability that we maybe haven't gotten to see as much. And that's his deep threat or his deep downfield threat ability. Hunter's a better 
you know, deep ball thrower than what Brock has ever been in his career. I, I think that this just, this offense goes from being one that you sit and look at it and it's like, man, I just, I am really worried about who he's going to throw the football to. And we, at least we know he, he will have X to throw the ball to now. Yes. Yeah. It was looking like, wow, who's, I mean, not, but you got Hutchinson, you know, Knowles got potential. Mm-hmm. I think they'll try and get a guy in the portal, maybe two, but he is like McDonald. I think it's a similar impact on the offense. He, he takes that offense from, gosh, it's, oh, what do we got here to, yeah. we've got a guy. Like, we got a guy that's an anchor. You know, the run game should be better than it was. I mean, I, I, the offensive line. I would say, I should think the probably, offensive line yeah, should be better. Line should be better. I, yeah, I don't mean the run game because we'll talk about Brees Hall. But the line should be better. You now have a reliable receiver who's can, who can get you six to 12 catches a game. Because without Kohler, without Allen, um, obviously skates and Milton both go to the portal. It, you didn't know who you have. He, that is a similar McDonald in impact of having an anchor on that side of the football, which will be huge. And so I think, I think those two announcements for me take Iowa state from, you know, probably a bowl team, but you're looking at, I don't know, you're over under it, maybe six and a half wins. I think it gets them an extra win and a half almost mm-hmm. like I would almost seven, bump that up yeah. to seven, seven and a half. Um, you know, eight would be pushing it depending on the schedule, but that, that's, those are big. I mean, if you would look at the guys from this year's roster, if you say, Hey, who do you want back or who could potentially come back outside of Paul and Purdy? Like, I think, I think Hutchins, Hutchinson and McDonald has had as much of impact as anybody else on that Iowa state roster throwing Anthony Johnson too. Yeah. Um, that's a big trio to get back. Yeah. And those were really even, I mean, I don't know about Will, I think, Will conceivably I could have seen coming back, but to get Anthony Johnson and Xavier back, those are guys that you wouldn't have even really, I think at the end of the year expected them to potentially come back, but this offense is going to be fun to watch because it's going to be so much different than what I think we've seen the last several years. It was so geared around what Brock was really good at. And now I'm kind of, it's, I'm excited to see how they build it around Hunter because you know that they're going to be willing to make those adjustments that they need to, to highlight people and it's just going to be, it's going to be a very different type of offense. Yes. Like, I don't know exactly how all well that's going to work. Maybe it means you don't use the tight ends in, as much as maybe they have in recent years and you spread it out more and it's more of like a traditional spread offense, but it's just, it'll be fun to just see them kind of work it, through those things. Yeah. And then the other thing you can tinker with, with Deckers is he obviously throws a great deep ball, strong arm, but the advantage he has over Brock and Brock is clearly all around, you know, the most accomplished quarterback in Iowa state history, but Deckers is more physical. He's bigger. And so you can run him more in that traditional spread power type stuff out of the quarterback position. And he can take a little bit more of a beating, which is than Brock. He's just bigger guy. I mean, Deckers is six foot four, 235 pounds. Brock was six one, you know, Mm -hmm. two fifteen. Like it's just a different type of guy back there. And I think they'll run him just in those short yardage, even situations. You could run him a little bit more, than Purdy, and, and maybe that'll that'll change with the physical offensive line. Hopefully, you can grind out not only in your run game with the with with Jairo Brock and those young guys at the back position, but also you get Decker's eight to twelve carries a game. You don't have to worry about as much as getting Brock Purdy. And then really, last three years it was, you know, we will run some zone read stuff, but it's only out of necessity when they're just selling so much out on the on the running back. But I think with Decker's, they'll open up the run game out of the quarterback position a little bit more. Absolutely. 
Um, and then the last one, we're going to get to find out a lot more about those running backs that are going to be taking yes. over for Brees Hall because Brees has uh, announced yesterday that he is foregoing the remainder of his eligibility to enter the NFL draft. Absolutely the right decision for uh, for number 28, widely regarded to be the best running back in, uh, in the draft class. He told the Des Moines Register today that he will not play in the Cheez-It Bowl. You know, I think everybody knew that this was probably going to be the outcome of this situation that didn't make it any more of a bummer. You know, I, every, I think everybody's obviously really happy for Brees and they know that Brees is making the right decision. And we all knew that that game against TCU was probably the last time we'd ever see him in an Iowa state uniform, but it's still just one of those things that finality of it. You're like, damn, that's just a, it was yeah. fun to watch him play, man. It he's, was. A, he's a pretty special back. Yeah, well, we all have that friend who's super talented and they go on to, you know, the big city or, they, you know, they go on to, to do really cool things. You're like, man, it'd be cool to have them around a little bit more, but I get it. I understand basically, what you're that's doing. What, that's basically what you were to Williams when you went to Orlando <laughs> and hang, was... got to hang out with Dwight Howard while he's still in Shenandoah. I'm back now, baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I came I back. get humbled by Dwight Howard <laughs> yeah, and then come back. Right. That's right. Oh, man, I got some stories about Dwight Howard that I'll share in an After Dark podcast. Um, but no, I think it, I mean, it's great. Everyone knew this was going to happen. And I think once you saw some of the other, other running backs declare, I think Paul probably thought he had to, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the intention all the way around, but it, I think this is, this is great for him. And I, I think you, you had a great tweet, tweet stands when, when he starts crossing the arms of the NFL, you know, other NFL teams are in trouble. So mm-hmm. it's going to be fun to buy, to buy that Brees Hall jersey, no matter where he ends up. Cause he's going to come in to an NFL team and be an instant starter. He's got to be. When you draft him that high, I don't know if it'll be first round. Hopefully it is. If not, it'll probably be second round. And uh, he'll be an instant starter in the NFL. So you'll have you know, Montgomery as a starter, Brees Hall as a starter. And then the uh, cool thing is you got these young guys now, whether it's Shira Brock or I think let's touch on this, the uh, Sanders and, and, and Deion Silas situation. You know, mm-hmm. the redshirt rule is tricky. So it changed, right? So it used to be, if you redshirted, you cannot play in a bowl game. That changed, I think, in 15, where you could play in a bowl game even if you redshirted. But then they changed it in 18 to allow you to play in four games. But the four games does include the bowl game. So if you played in four games, you cannot play in the bowl game. The question is, have Silas and Sanders played in four games? And I believe you you looked it up that Pro Football Focus says one of them has. Yeah, from what Pro, Pro Football Focus has, Eli Sanders has only played in three games. Now, the only thing I don't know is if this counts because I'm looking at his running back stuff. Like, does that count all the games that he was there as a returner? Like, uh, I don't know yeah. if they're, ta- they're counting the participation. But from what I am seeing, he has played in three games. So Sanders. Yeah, Eli Sanders has played in three games. But Deion Silas has played in four games. So then Silas could not play in the bowl Potentially, game. Potentially, right, without Sanders, burning the red shirt. Yeah, Sanders, from what we understand, could play in the bowl game without burning his red shirt. And then you... Either way, you're going to have Gyro Brock and you're going to have Rory Walling, and that will be Iowa State's running back room for the Cheez It Bowl. Well, and so then the question is, and we, we should get, we'll get clarification hopefully um, before Wednesday when we do the, the bull preview show from Iowa State is, you know, what's the situation with those running backs and who can play and who, because in the transfer portal era, the, the stat, a red shirt, I think, is becoming less important. Yeah. Now, certainly in a developmental program like Iowa State, it's more important than some of the blue chip programs where these guys are coming in and they're playing right away. But, you know, it's hard to keep guys longer anyway. And so I don't think you should 
Don't fret over it anyway. Yeah. I yeah. mean, if it's, it, it's a year, you know, if the chances of both of those guys, and again, this is the new world we live in the chance of both those guys being at Iowa state for five years, slim anyway. So well, and if also, you play one of them or play both of them, if they both want to play against Clemson and I mean, I, I don't, I don't, yeah, don't fret. I think it's the great way to put it. And even, you know, I think if you'd asked us three years ago, if Gyro or if, uh, if Gyro Brock and Brees would still both be in the program at this time, if you didn't tell us anything about, but you said one of them emerged and was played a lot and was a Heisman contender. And then the other one, you know, played sparingly and kind of had a bit role, whoever it is. And you said, are both of them still in the program? I, I think most people would say no. You right. Know? So to even have Gyro Brock here, like at this point is probably a rarity in college football as a whole. So it's like, it's just realistic that, you know, you don't want to see one of them go, but realistically the odds are that one of them probably would go. Yeah. So I think you, I think you, you worry less, especially at a skill position. I think line, the line's different because you're, you're talking about size and, and, and weights and yeah. physical ability. But I think at the skill positions, if those guys want to play, I think you, I think you got to really go to this, this format of you know, if they, if they can and they can help you, I think you play them. I, you don't think you worry a whole lot about man. Then you, then you're losing a year because chances are either one of them moves on and, or you find another skill player in yeah. the portal or as a high school kid that can jump in at a similar level. And so, you know, I, I don't know what Iowa State's position is. That's just me looking from afar. I think Sanders or Silas probably should play in that bowl game. I don't think you should just hold them back just because. All right. I've got two last questions for you then. Um, and then we'll wrap this up. Brees Hall versus Troy Davis. No, don't do it. I, I can't listen. If you, who's the better NFL running back? It's Brees Hall. Okay. Just from a, just a pure size, talent, ability to catch the ball, the backfield. But I will, I will not, I will not say anybody's been better than Troy Davis as a running back in college football at Iowa state. Just can't do it. I appreciated Brees Hall's consistency, his skill level, his talent level. But Troy Davis ran for, you know this, Jared, he ran for 4,200 yards in two years in an 11-game schedule. They never made a bowl game. I know the teams weren't very good, but that man's production, he's in the, he's in the College Football Hall of Fame. I can't put Brees Hall above him. Now, they might be 1A and 1B, but for me, it is still Troy Davis is 1A, and he's going to stay there. Okay, then here's my second. Not, not that, not the I'm the end all be all, but I feel like I feel like you would I'm have the best historical. Make, you would have more historical context on it than what I would. I, I am so that's comfortable why I making. You. Yes, no, thank you for because I thought about this. I'm comfortable making that statement that Troy Davis is 1A, and Brees Hall is 1B in an Iowa State uniform. Yeah. Okay, then here's my second question. Is it time to retire the number 28? We do it in basketball, but we've never I done know. it in football. But, and that's, that's why, like, you haven't done it, so why now? Like, I, I say this in a weird way, and maybe you could ask the Davis brothers, but how do you do it now if you didn't already, right? Like, if you hadn't retired Troy Davis's number five years, ten years after he, and even when they came back, before Brees Hall, what was that? You know, this the year that, yeah, yeah. They recognized the him for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yep. If you didn't do it then, like I think it's almost insulting now. Like, well, well, Hall did something good too. So now, now let's get rid of the number. Now at this point, you're like, well, 
your name, your, you know, it's not a number. It's what you did at Iowa state. I would hold off on ha- having somebody wear 28 just in the, the short term, just to not, I don't know, just to kind of keep that uh, for three really good players. Cause yeah. Darren was really good too, by the way. Right. But I well, don't that's think what you I'm can saying. have, that's you can't I'm have saying. though a, a Davis Davis and Hall retired number. Like that'd be weird. Like I don't, I don't understand that. And I would say it just doesn't retire Jersey numbers. For football. I don't know. I think that there was ever one that it's like, man, we should probably hold back on this one. Any kid who has to wear that number 28, man, you're stepping into some big ass okay. shoes right I, there. <laughs> I understand. For, I get it from that. Like, okay. If, if you're going to tell me, okay, we're just, no one's going to wear it and we're not going to really, we're not going to put anything up. Right. Yeah. We're just not going to have somebody wear it. I, I can buy in with that. In the short term, for sure, but I don't. I don't think it. I think it'd be insulting to Troy Davis if you say no. Okay, now it's retired because Brees did this too. Like I don't. I think that's actually kind of insulting. He was plenty insulted, I think, when he wore it to begin with. So. Right. Well, and I, I don't like. I see. Yeah, nobody wears it now is fine, but I don't think you put. I don't think you put a, a number in the rafter and say now it's retired. Yeah. Like I. I just think you just you just don't award it. It's kind of an understood thing. Like okay, nobody wears this for a while. I think that's cool but I don't think you need to draw special attention to it. My opinion. Okay. I think that's fair. I think the same could be said for 15 with quarterbacks as well, though. It's like yeah, one of those see, things where it's, you come to I a know. point where you're like, man, do we really want to put the pressure on a kid that the last two people or the two people who have worn this number 15 are the two greatest to ever play at Iowa State? But the good, the hope, hopeful you get to a, a program standpoint, every number good, has that good yeah. players stacking on good players. And so you can't yeah. do that with every number. And I, I think 28 is a little unique because you had, the best player I've seen at Iowa State, Troy Davis, and then Brees Hall was the first team All American as well and got Heisman votes. But again, point stands for me. I don't think you can just retire a jersey number right now just because. Okay. I sh- hey, I think it's a question that was I, it's worth, a great a, a conversation that was worth having. It's a great. I I love the question. I love the question, and I. Uh, gosh, I would be interested if you poll. I mean, the older generation, it would be ninety five percent Troy Davis. It just would. But if you pull the current generation, the current college students, and maybe within the last 10 years of college, what their vote would be, Hall or Davis. I mean, you were getting to a point. I mean, Troy Davis's last game, and I would say it was 25 years ago. Like, it's, yeah. you know, it, it's the younger generation doesn't realize other than the stats. But if you, if you saw him, what he did on, on teams that just weren't very good, everyone knew he was getting the ball, and he still ran for, 4,200 yards in two years. So he didn't even play his freshman year. He still ran 4,200. Brees yeah. never caught him career rushing yards either. So anyway. He was the first person that came close since Darren, though. Like, he did. even yeah, Darren he, he didn't did. come overly close. Nope. You know? Nope. So I think Troy's still still 1A, but I, I love the conversation. Yeah. I just think it's it, – I mean, I would have the same thought about basketball. Like, th- now I've got to think – I think where it's gone to a point where point guards wearing the number 11, like, almost has <laughs> to be, like, a thing. You know, because obviously that's what Jamal Tinsley wore. That's what Monte wore. Like, that's just almost a, that's what Tyrese Hunter wears now. It's just like a thing at this point. But at some point, it's like you have to make a decision. Is this going to yep. be a thing? Because eventually this number is going to be one that we just don't want to mess with or right. we have to retire it. You know? to, and Jamal Tinsley, Jamal Tinsley as well. Yeah. Like yeah. you said, Jamal. Yeah. I did. Uh, speaking, yeah. speaking of Tyrese uh, Halliburton, big game for him today. Shout out to the uh, 25 NBA fans in Iowa who know that. 27 and 12, I think, for Halliburton today. Man. Making that money. Kid's a dog, man. It was good yep. to see 
Taylor get back on the floor too. Yep. Uh, every, everybody's been playing pretty well. George is uh, in the protocol right now, but he's been on the media. The, doing he's the on media the media circuit. circuit. Yeah. yeah. You got to get him on there. Get him on there, dude. I've been trying to. I need to get him on a podcast with Scotty Christopherson. I think that'd be a lot of fun. But that, that would be fun. All right, buddy. Have a good Christmas, man. You uh, you get to Orlando, I think, a couple of days after I do. But we'll yeah. Uh, when you get when you get in there, I'll be there at like eleven in the morning on Christmas Day. Oh yes, sir. Fantastic. It will have a. We can, uh, on the East Coast, you're going to have Yinglings. We'll have a cold Yingling down in Orlando. Are we going to the Magic game? You never confirmed for me. I, so... Are you going to pull strings or are you not going to pull I strings can, I'll, I'll work. I'll work on it. I need to do that. I, it's, I've got so much going on, I haven't even asked, but I'll, I will ask. I will ask right. my people down there. All we're right. we're going to get on TV. You know I can't turn down the opportunity to go and watch the Orlando Magic in 2022. Did you, but do you... Re- do you like they have it's basically the Lakeland magic right now. They've got all sorts of guys out. Like, I don't know if I honestly, Jared, and I love NBA basketball, but watching that game and, and we're staying like a half hour from, from the arena. Uh-huh. I just, yeah. All I don't the know. Excuses. It's, all the excuses. No, I, no, I will, now will, you, no, you just don't want to come say, in like, out with us. I, I get go, it. I know. I, can, I know. I can go watch the Iowa wolves in Des Moines. Like I, I don't need to go watch the Lakeland magic right now. All right, whatever. Sounds good. All right, thanks. See you, buddy. buddy. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Peace.